You are listening to episode number 56 of the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. And I'm Sam Melancon of Debacle Records. Each week, one of us picks a Rancid or Rancid-adjacent song, and we talk about it and all our complicated feelings. This week, we went, or I went, real deep cut, super deep cut. One that I forgot existed until about a month ago. And so we are going to talk about the, I don't know what, East Bay Supergroup? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, Shaken 69, Rudy Rudy. So, it was on the A Slice of Lemon double CD, double LP compilation that Lookout co-released with Kill Rockstars, uh, 1995. I remember when this came out, and it was, I mean, it was, I was like, oh my god, these are like my two favorite things, all in one, and, and then... Again, I completely forgot this compilation existed until some recent episode that I don't even remember what episode it was. It maybe it was the burn episode, honestly. I don't know, but it, where we were talking about something. Oh, it must have been because I think it was when we were talking about Bratmobile, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, we were talking about something, and it was like, holy shit, wait a minute. So, um, but yeah, so Shaken Sixty Nine is a sort of one-off supergroup. It's basically rancid. Well, more op ivy. Because there's no yeah. R's and no Brett. So it's like Op Ivy minus <laughs> Jesse plus the Uptones and Skank and Pickle. Is that about it? <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, two of the Uptones. I mean, it's one of the Eric's from the yeah. Uptones and Paul from the Uptones. And I, I, it took me until today to gather, because I was never a Skank and Pickle guy. Um, mm mm-hmm. Me neither. Because for some reason, you know, as much as I listen to it, it's a ton of junk, ska, you know, pop, punk. Um, I, for some reason, that name and that style was like, no, that's a, yeah, that's a bridge too far, you know. Right. I don't know, like, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I was the same I way. Owned multiple real big fish albums, and I thought <laughs> that one was, you know, like that was okay. Albums, and I was like. Skank and Pickle, no, 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 thank you. You know, like, I don't like Mustard Plug and Skank and Pickle very much. Thank you very much. Like, there's some weird line that in my head I, I didn't cross. Um, I don't I don't know what to explain that. But um, I wasn't aware that Mike Park was in Skank and Pickle or in this song. It took me way too long to understand that, that Asian Man Records, Mike Park. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> it, it, who's a very interesting guy, like super interesting guy. I think there's actually a documentary on him that I really? was thinking about watching uh, that I yeah, really interesting guy I think unless I'm like really interesting guy in the documentaries about actually how he's like a horrible guy I don't think that's true <laughs> though I believe he's actually a pretty wildly interesting guy <laughs> uh, 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 and uh, I didn't realize he was part of Skank, uh, Skanky Pickle and I didn't realize he was a part of this band up until today 
Um, oh wow! So it really is this like super super group. Yeah. Um. Uh, which I guess maybe other people would have realized that faster than me, but yeah, this is this is quite a thing of like just luminaries. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's such a. The whole thing is it's. It's, it feels like it's just this very specific moment. I don't know, you know, because you know we've talked a lot about the like rancid Olympia Kill Rockstars connection that was there for a minute, and then yeah. you know the the very sliding doors. Like, what would happen if they would have you know? What yeah. if? Uh, but uh, yeah, I, and you know, I try to find any information about this. It really seems like it was they. I get like they were hanging out in the studio one day. <laughs> something or everybody was like i don't know it doesn't feel like it was ever oh yeah this is our new band that we're doing like it seems like it's a very one-off thing or maybe maybe it was intended to be some kind of band i mean yeah i mean i i looked around a tiny bit like i didn't get i don't feel like they've talked about this ever mm -mm. i don't either um so it must have just been like hey yeah exactly like they were all hanging out and they're like or and like Mike and Tim and you know they're like oh you you're doing something with him and I mean this is deep in a rancid like I just I wonder if they just were like hey these lookout people should go do like the super lookout band for this big important lookout records comp you know what I mean like that's yeah that is can, that the vibe kind of maybe I don't I I saw this video on I think maybe I saw it on TikTok but it's from some documentary and it's an interview with Tom Petty. It's the most random thing, but he's talking. He's talking about how no. the Traveling Wilburys <laughs> formed. Oh, okay. And, and and like and it was basically like, oh, me and so like we were hanging out and like we set up a studio in his garage and then like George Harrison called and needed to record a song and wanted to. It was like, hey, you know, and do you want to play on it? And then yeah, sure, okay. And then we but we needed a real studio and. So, so and so, because I can't remember who's in the fucking traveling wheelbarrows. At, <laughs> traveling wheelbarrows. <laughs> That's the ska band offshoot of the traveling. <laughs> oh my god! I want Roy Orbison to be in a ska band. Uh, I mean, he's dead, so that's tough. But AI is a hell of a thing. Somebody who's real good at that, make an AI Roy Orbison ska song. And anyway, okay. So, wow. but yeah, so it was like this whole, and then they were like you know we needed a real studio and so we called bob dylan and he was real curious about what we were doing and he said he could get us into the studio and then he wanted to play on it and then we just started writing so but it was you know it was this very like we were hang like a couple of us were hanging out and dudes and this other guy was hanging out yeah and, and so then we just were like hey fuck it let's start a banner like so i could see this and then, being like, a Paul like mccartney shows up isn't that right like <laughs> Is he? I don't fucking know. I swear I, to God. No, no, George is in it. It's George. Yeah, it's, it's George. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, George, yeah, Tom yeah. Petty, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, yeah, yeah, and some other people. I, um, yeah, what's his name? Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, like, when I was watching that, I, I, it made me feel think about this song, and it's like, I can totally see that, you know, I don't know, like, they were in the studio doing something, like, a couple of, and it's like, oh, hey. Like Skank and Pickles, like, down, like, next door, like... Yeah, and, like, Dave Mello's here, so, like, oh, that's, like, Off Ivy's hanging right. out, and it's, like, oh, we should do something, you know, and, like... Oh, uh, we need a bass player, call Matt, or, so, you know, like, 
Yeah. yeah well, you'd think Matt, I think well, Matt and Tim are inseparable. They're probably hanging well, out. And then like trying to give Matt his own life. Come on. No, not allowed. <laughs> I don't think that's allowed. Uh, no, poor Matt. Uh, I don't think that's true. But uh, yeah. And like, I don't know, like whatever it is, it, you could, you would be like, yeah. And then the lookout people were like, Hey, fucking, we got this thing. We right. love for that to happen. So I don't know what really happened. I, I think that the thing I'll say, and maybe you'll feel different because like I knew this existed and I think I'd heard it a couple times. I think I tried to buy this a few times, but even back in the day, it was really worth a lot. By oh, the time wow. I kind of came around to it, like it was a pretty expensive, like it sold out pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was produced heavily because it was such an expensive release. Right. Um, I, you know, listening to the bad rips, it's also really not like, I thought there'd just be a bunch of like, like mix, like YouTube mixes of it. And there's like a half-assed one that falls apart yeah. um, on YouTube and that's it. And a really bad rip. I mean, I don't know what the original sounds like, but it seems pretty bad. I mean, I think it's probably pretty demo-y, but uh, in general. Um, I mean, none of I this think, stuff sounded, was, you know, like, it's well, well yeah, like the kill. Rancid, for example. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Um, they didn't have the millions of dollars, but like, uh, I, I don't know, like the, I was trying to like listen to it and really the absolute, like this comp existing, this moment in time, the whole rancid lookout, K rock stars, axes, the sliding doors moment, the fact that this band exists, like how did that happen? I think literally all of that is more interesting than the song itself. Because oh, like, yeah. I, I'm trying right now to remember what the song sounds like. It, yeah, it's, it's not it's, imprinted on me the way other ones have been. So, like, that's a strike against it. But, like, I can't. I literally cannot bring it into my head. It, Yeah, I mean, it comes off as, or to me, it's just a sort of generic ska, like, 90s ska song. It's funny having the Skank and Pickles folks... And the trombone sort of sound with Tim and Lars really not Lars with Tim like it really shows how it's like you know we've we've commented a lot how there's not a lot of like like ska songs with horns there's not a lot of like that uh-huh. traditional ska punk sound with Rancid like here's a example of it like a non reggae song with horns you know a true ska punk song with horns with Tim. And how like kind of weird it sounds, you know? Like it's like it's it's actually sounds really foreign and upbeat and like you, it doesn't quite you, work to me if you ask me. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's hard to think of Tim with puka shells, you know, and, and flip flops. You know what I mean? Like that, right. it has like that surf punk thing going on, you know, more that like Southern California sort of um, Orange County vibe, you know? Um, yeah, and, yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't really gel. And I, I think it's trying to kind of... It's funny that it's Rudy, you know, like... And it's, like, trying to... It has a class reference in there, and... Yeah. I don't know. It's, like... it's like Obviously, the band's also trying to... Like, a reference to Sham 69, and... I don't know. Um, it's a real mess of a song. And... <laughs> it is. It, well, and it's it's kind of... I, you know, I wonder if they recorded it specifically for this compilation or they had this just kind of sitting there for a little while and this compilation came along and yeah. they, you know, look out was like, hey, Tim, like, 
Like they wanted a rancid song, but they he was like, "Well, I don't have it, you know, but I can give you how about this side project with skin and and you know, for me as a I think about when I ran a real label and and this was probably one of the downfalls of that label. Whenever uh, like there was an artist or someone that I really, you know, who I really liked and they, you know, they were kind of like they weren't well known, but they had, you know, some kind of stature. Oh God, you're them. about to describe something. And, and like, so I would visceral for me. And, and I would talk to them or I, you know, and I would kind of be in touch and I would You'd kind of float the idea. And we're like, Hey, them. yeah, we should do this. And then, and it kind of doesn't go anywhere for a little while. And then maybe a few months later, like, Hey, I did this, album this collaboration with so-and-so would you want to check it out and like i would always be like fuck yes i want to hear the weird fucking thing that you did that is you know new and we you know with this other person who's cool and you know in my mind it's like man you know it's i gotta work with two cool people and then nine times out of ten Nobody really gave it. Like, I put it out. I'm like, yes, this is cool. Check it out. It's like they so-and-so collabed with so-and-so, and they did this record. And people be like, yeah, but I'd rather just have, like, their solo records. I'm not really. And, and like, sometimes I, I when I'm honest with I mean, you just, like, cut me to the core. You know I, mean? like, uh, I figured you would relate. Uh, I mean, I, I think I inherited a record. from That I from, walked that away you from? That were going to put out that two records that uh is exactly that that i still think is like the best thing that this person's ever done and it sold you're, you're gonna have to tell me what it is like off air okay because i want to know uh and uh yeah like it's still like like the but that's the best version when it's good all the time especially when you're a young label you'll get the side project that nobody wants to put out and it's just like they're like nah we kind of like goofed off and made a noise record and it's like and they're big enough that they're like expected to be like a big release and you're like this should be a tape you put out on tour as like right 50 copies like this shouldn't be some piece of vinyl but you're just so used to be treated like that and yeah you kind of want to work with them and like continue the relationship and it's like but you're like ah this isn't that good like it's fine and if you're in the right mood it's good but like nobody's gonna want to put this out and like or listen to this and it's like but i'm really stoked like or or like it's somebody from your i mean i have i put out something that's totally good but like i knew it wasn't gonna sell very well and it's just like yeah but young sam if you told him you're working with this guy from this band and you said no like what how could you look at yourself in the mirror you know like it's like oh this band you know oh multiple multiple times you know like and it's like yeah okay i guess i'll just now now you're cutting me to like a record like that virtually is what ended the label oh (laughs) and i still think i'm like racking my brain i still think it is a great fucking record and i love it and i will go to bat for it like until the day i die but it it pretty much ended the relationships i had that were funding things and all that and it was it was like the last so uh yeah and and it was one but it was one of those ones where you know, it was it's the same thing. It was like well, this person is like no, like they have a following, they're no like and this is like totally not what anybody knows them have to ever have done, but it's so good because you know, they're like really talented and anything they do, like it comes yeah. out, you know, and 
And I was so excited about it. Because, again, to me, it was like this idea of people that it's like you're known for this thing and you're really good at it. And then you want to do this totally other thing. And you're really talented and, and it's really good. But people just – and I get it. Like there's, you know, I don't know. There's a finite amount of time and money and you – go with the thing that and you not know. everybody's like as deep as us too like well willing to take risks most people know. i would say yes and, I, and that's not yeah. a like and i don't mean that as any sort of despair no 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 that wasn't a, that wasn't nobody's as cool as us at yeah all, like i frankly oftentimes it's a curse so yeah uh, <laughs> um but so and i'm off that train half the time these days anyways you know what I mean? i'm just thinking <laughs> about back in the day like when volcanic tongue you know there was also a system for it back in the day where it was like volcanic tongue would be telling you hey this is like the, the or yeah. or aquarius would be telling you these like hey this is this person from that band and they have this ripping new compilation or you know side project with this guy from this band and they were so good storytellers those those mailing lists you know boomcat you know relevant to the story but like boomcat kind of tried to fill in that that sort of thing but it and felt they, more like sh- shilling than than the way the voices for those those ones in the past did i think i think a little i mean i'm super biased because the person who writes most of the boomcat reviews i think is like gen genuinely maybe the best music writer in the world um <laughs> and that's so, fine like that, i'm not saying like they're like they're but yes. at writing there was a way of Yes, the the tones of those newsletters and those weekly updates on those sites at that time. There was less stuff too. Like it felt like there was a deluge. Well, it was even like less, and like they were just so good at like if you read it every week, it was like being part of the secret society. Like remember that thing three weeks ago that I told you about? Well, if you pick that up, here's the new thing from that person, and it's four hundred copies. And holy shit, it's really cool. And you were taking so much more risk, and like you, it was built into the system of the recommendation, and it was frankly unsustainable and probably sure. about a lot of stuff that was like fine and not that great you know like and um it oh. was a little bit of a clubhouse and like but i mean they uh, certain ones were like, a lot of bit of a clubhouse and it was for sure but a- but like aquarius is what i'm thinking of like he really would did such a good job of like i sent him megabats and then he was like fucking i love it no you know I, what I mean like i think like, aquarius was like the best case scenario of it of that I whole mean, thing burned i'm pretty sure he's a burned out human oh. you know what i mean oh absolutely <laughs> i mean but they like i i like i get the connections between like aquarius and volcanic tongue but they're like so different to me because i feel like volcanic tongue was the clubhouse was and, very, my, my and aquarius sure. was not so i mean there was, was some but not some arms yeah yeah, yeah. like and it was the, like they, they were I, just like listening to anything and like actually trying to find the new scene in america and all that stuff yeah the west coast and not just like what's happening in vermont you know um yeah <laughs> right it, you know? right or what did james ferraro put out <laughs> yeah, exactly. this week um uh yeah we have portland and vermont vermont that's it um yeah but, like but yeah, I don't know. Where I don't know the hell we are. Like I don't like. Oh, most we're, we're, we're talking are, about weird side projects and it not them not being as good as the, and I don't know. And hold, hold on, I do want to con- contextualize what we were talking about for just okay. one second. Thinking about like it. most of our listeners, right. what we're talking about, we were, that just became a personal conversation to us yeah, uh, between us about our lives. But like we both have these record labels, and in the past. There in our scenes, there was these like newsletters that were really good at, at well, setting up what was. They were newsletter. They were mail order. They, like, were they were like You're be right, clear they were, they were selling that, these things they were selling these records but they were really good at like this is this week's crop of releases and writing very long reviews about them that felt like 
like kind of this ongoing narrative about the scene um, every week. And it was just this really like vital time. And that was kind of the key to opening up our brains around this sort of feeling of collaboration and jumping from this project to this project to this project and following the people, not the name of the project was like really essential to that period in our scene. And then when we came up as like labels more and more and more, um, we were like, I really felt that feeling of like, well, if somebody would just explain this, like be that voice of explanation, by this time, most of those things had gone away and yeah. nobody was being that voice of explanation, like bringing people through and going like, oh, this is this, you know, like this person is in this band. And and, and if you're the only one, you know, and the noise level of, of the social media and everything and just got louder and louder and more complicated and the democratization of everything went even more crazy than it was when we were in the CDR era, you know, it went in the blog era, it just went nuts. And so, um, you know, you would make these decisions as a label and it like 100%, I know that maybe people aren't, might not get this, but like 100% listening to this track feels like the label is so stoked that they get to say they have this, this like super group. But I don't know if how many records that sold or did that change anything or did they have to do all this extra accounting or more copies had to be sent out? And was it actually a drag on them that they've had this huge thing versus just like, man, if they had just gotten a, you know, like an, an Uptones or a Ranted song, you know what I mean? Like right. so now that had been so much better for them, you know? And uh, I also wonder just at the time, it's like, would Epitaph have allowed them to put a song on this comp well, without asking yeah. for tons of money? So maybe I, it was they wanted to be a participant, but they were like, and that was their way no, around. You it. can't, you know. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I, I really wonder. I could. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it. I don't think I even realized that part of I, that I was kind of had this reaction to it of that it took me to this very personal place. Of, oh God, it's so funny, like how exact that. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like even just like looking at it and thinking about. You know, when I listen to this comp pieces, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about the logistics of how it came together, and like, it just screams DIY, you know. And yeah. I mean, the, the you know, to speak, talk about the comp for a second, like the oh, list of bands and artists that are on this is fucking bananas. And I probably don't even realize because, like, look out, I'm like a real like skirting along the top of Lookout, and maybe less so with killer rock stars but you know it's not as much as you and um especially this era yeah it's like so there's probably certain projects i don't even realize who's in them i mean i know who's in excuse 17 and a few other ones you know but like but like yeah like like the fact that like tim was on the same (laughs) i I was just sitting there going like tim and elliot smith on the (laughs) same comp as men's recovery project deer hoof and like there was one other extra weirdo band and I was just like, that's kind of incredible. You know, like that's just the nineties yeah, were a uh, wild time, you know, <laughs> like, well, I, yeah, I'm, there was, I'm trying to think of like what the, I mean, there, and there, there's God, there are bands on here that I hadn't thought about in 30 years, like sunny char. God, I fucking love that sunny char record. That was, or I guess it was, I don't know. It was a record or a, split or something i don't even know but they were like this just japanese like neon insanity or something um yeah deer and this has got to be like 
Like, when did Deerhoof start? This is going to be pretty early. Yeah, that's really early Deerhoof. I don't even know that they had a full, like, a record ad at that point. Yeah, Um, I don't know. And then, yeah, obviously, Excuse 17 was Carrie Brownstein's pre. Yeah. Slater Candy And then, like, you know, like, Peachy's, which I always tried to get into, but I never could. Yeah, which Peachy's is Chris from Lookout and um, Molly Newman, I guess, was the. Oh, really? From Bratmobile. Yeah. Is the badass, and then man. there's like Mr. T experience with like the like goofy Mr. T experience. Like like it's such an interesting like. I remember. You know what? I remember this song. I remember the adjective song. It's catchy as fuck, it, and it's like the what what were those cartoon things like? Uh, it's a lot like the they might be giants vibe, right? Like like yeah, it's, like, it's yeah, it's like unpack your adjectives. It's like oh god, what the fuck were those called? Because there was a compilation of that stuff. God, maybe this was on it. That was there was like a punk rock compilation. You know, it's like the song about oh, how Bill becomes the, a law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The schoolhouse rock. Yeah, was schoolhouse like really rock. having a moment in the mid nineties too. Yeah, yeah, like this was. I'm like, man, was this, this from that compilation? That oh, good question. Um, now I'm like, I gotta look it up, but um. Yeah, the big band that people cared about. I it's so that's pretty funny. I Cub came up in my life uh, earlier this week because really my daughter. Yeah, my daughter was somehow talking about chinchillas, and whenever I hear think about chinchillas, I think of the Cub song and huh. my chinchilla, and you know, and hmm. you know what? And so I like I even posted this on Twitter, and I was like, hey. It's hey, it's it's. I'm not mad at that song. I mean, it's like the tweest shit you can imagine. The fucking right. first, I, the first lyric is "Satan sucks, but you're the best." So, <laughs> but I kind of love it. Um, Bono oh, Gang got- was like a super super early Maggie Vale band. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's all yeah. sorts of like very weird hardcore on this, like that weird, yeah. you know, like like ex- experimental hardcore stuff was happening, and like. And then there's like you know classic Panty Division. I mean, Rancid right. Panty Division on tour a bunch of this yeah. time. Fits like, of Depression. I was a fucking huge Fits of Depression fan. Oh, oh really? Yeah, they're. I think they only did. Did they do? No, I think they did two records. They well, they weren't a K. They weren't a Kill Rockstars thing. They were like a K Records thing. Which you know, yeah, I was gonna I mean, say there's there's a lot of overlap too. Sure, things. but it's uh, and that huh. was um. What's his name? Who was in? <sighs> this is fun. I, let's read Wikipedia the, to people. I know. I, I, Ver, Vern Rumsey, who was in Unwound, which he died a couple years ago. But oh yeah, Vern died. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah, he Vern. was in. For, he was in fits of depression. So. Um, so yeah, good. like this compilation has like ev- anybody who was anybody from it's like the like, West Coast those <laughs> scene, like from the any yeah any of those scenes in the mid nineties is on this compilation. And I want people to maybe like, if people are just rancid fans or like, don't really know what we're talking about, it would be worth trying to track this down and listen to it. Cause it's like, you might think, you know, the like range of stuff that we're talking about, but like, it's worth remembering like what, yeah. A, what the range of like DIY punk was at this moment. And how yeah. okay, so all this stuff was like hanging out with each other, like in that that sort of like not self. I mean, I don't want to like you know extrapolate this to a lot of other topics because it's so it writes itself. But like <laughs> that sort of not self-selecting and just 
you know, being like, fuck it. It's the, you know, like, you know, I only listen to the things that sound exactly like me sort of thing mm-hmm. that would, was like late nineties and on. Like, if, I just feel like that's so important to good scenes where like bands don't sound like each other and can still appreciate each other. And, yep. and bands like obviously have different values, even like, like maybe not core values that are like, like horrendous, you know, but like, they just don't see the world in the same way, but they can kind of tolerate each other and be like, oh, that's a good record. Or like, that's eh, not my favorite record, but like, we're all in the same team here together and we're all well, certainly better than the worst stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like how I always say, like, whatever band it was that always just like wanted to murder Pavement. And I'm like, Pavement is the band you choose to be mad about? Like, like, sure. I'm not even like that big of a Pavement fan. I'm sure right. if they hit me at the right time, I would have been a huge Pavement fan. I just, they never hit me at the right time. I, I know a bunch of their songs, but that's about it. Like, but like, that's the band you're mad about? Like, you know, like, like, right. like, like this sort of distinction of minor differences, you know, the narcissism of minor differences, you know, like, like this realization that like, oh, you're actually all pretty close to each other, even though you're, you know, you feel like it's so different. I, I don't know. I always think about, um, uh, you know, throwing back again to 2002, 2004, you know, sort of era stuff that we were just talking about with these, these, um, mailing list or not mailing list jesus uh mail store orders. um mail mail orders thank you uh i remember when i was getting into weirder american underground stuff like that was outside of this side of, of american underground um there was a but one of the records maybe it was an early wolf eyes records or something had a bunch of posters on the inside of the cd and uh it was just so cool and I remember a lot of people citing this as like, what the fuck did we do? Because it was like, especially in the South, there was like all these shows that were like Black Dice, White Stripes, Wolf Eyes, yeah. Animal Collective. You know what I mean? And it's like, those are all held up as like pillars of their scenes, but like never the lines shall cross at this point. You know what I mean? Right. And like to the point that people are angry you know very angry about like you like that i like 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 we're still living in that world with like uh if you're like a millennial you know what i mean like yeah well i mean it's the i mean yeah it's tribalism in the dumbest fucking place (laughs) like and it's like all those bands are just go from just fine to great to um really important in terms of like we've been talking about gatekeeping and all these things you know what i mean and it's like I think that's just as relevant to Rancid being allowed, allowed in and being sort of part of this whole, like, West Coast weirdo scene. Um, and it's like, the world is better when there's a little bit of permissiveness. And, like, you know yeah. that Rancid would be more interesting if they were more being, like, brought in further and further into that scene than, than just the Warped War. And that yeah. scene was being more and more brought into Warped Tour. You know what I mean? Like 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 the KRS. But this sort of... And I bet it goes a little bit both ways, but I bet it's like... It's really hard to ask KRS to like put up with the bullshit of Warped Tour, right? You know, like... Right. Uh, you know, but it's like... It was probably doomed to not ha- happen that way. But it's like... Past 98? Like, there was no hope for these scenes sticking together. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. a, you know a Green Day fan was not going to suddenly listen to 5RC. You know what I mean? Right. No, I, yeah. I mean, I think that's... 
I think that's all really well put. I think the, the it, in a lot of ways, this compilation it, it is like the beginning of the end of the era. <laughs> like, and and Rockstar's Kill for sure is like before this, right? I'm yes, yeah. All the three Kill Rockstars, Stars Kill Rock, Rockstars Kill. I think those all came out in like ninety one, ninety two. I don't know. I'm looking now, but yes, I'm I'm like ninety six percent sure that they came out before this I'm i would tr- assume so especially with rancid being on there just straight up rancid right yeah well because and that was the last one yeah so okay. it's like uh rockstar's kill came out in 94 okay so right before so, this and right before yeah. they blew up yeah because right you know right yeah i'm sure that the rancid like yeah man like the world that the amount of stuff that happened between 93 and 95 and how much the world changes uh, if you think about it it's yeah uh, <laughs> man it's pretty the difference wild. in what the trajectory felt like probably in that scene yeah and, well and i mean I, you know i mean oh, you also blame money. people for being mad about like sellouts and stuff you know what i mean because you that the amount of money coming in probably that's, did that's make what everybody it, freeze and i think that's and what, act weird I think that's got, I mean, yeah, to me, that seems like logically a big reason why it all kind of started to feel like more insular and they, it was like, you gotta, I mean, if you play this style of music, you're going to be picked up. And if you play this style of music, you're going to be a weird woman that gets called a, you know, whatever, you know, (laughs) right. Well, and it's, and it's, and that, and it's just stayed that way. I mean, I, I like yeah. I think about that now with, you know, even even in scenes where there's really not any fucking money, period. But I, it's like, and I get it. Everyone's struggling. Everyone is starving, mm-hmm. and it's like it's scary to. It's like, well, I'm, you know, at least I got this, and I'm. It's, I'm, but I'm, yeah, I don't know. You you clutch onto it because it's. I don't know. It just doesn't feel as. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but whatever. (laughs) And maybe we're, you know, maybe we're looking at through really idealistic glasses. Maybe it was that like certain people at KRS and like Lookout kind of forced this to happen. Half the bands on it were like, fuck Mr. T experience or fuck, you know, these, these feminist, you know, bitches. Yeah. Right. And, and it was already falling apart and we're just like loving the utopianism of it, you know, and, and it's yeah. not actually how it was, you know. We need, uh, we need an oral history of a slice of lemon. <laughs> seriously. I would love it. Uh, that would be incredible. Oh, I wonder man. if there's a bit about it in the Lookout book. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, we should probably do some research at some point for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> we need a budget for that, God damn it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, another reason to, you know, I feel like we need to, like, get friendly with Eric Din, you know, or somebody, you know. <laughs> That's what, yeah, so, no, like, I on the, on, the, on the down low, like, I feel like he could shed a lot of light into, you know, multiple scenes, you know. So. You know, I wonder with the Lookout book if it is in there, because I don't know that, because it was written by Larry Livermore, and he was yeah. pretty much out, out of Lookout at that point. Yeah, that's true. Um, but... I yeah I don't know I just there's a there are a handful of copies of this for like less than ten bucks on Discogs on CD so I'm not gonna buy one but 
No, I'm just saying, like, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like people should, you know, buy it. If you and... if you want to feel, I think, some very differently about music and like what, what where the moment was with West Coast punk, quote unquote, you know, mm-hmm. like I think this is a very different feeling than just going back and listening to like the first Punkarama, you know. Yeah, I think I, right. I think that was such a limited sort of punk is written by the victors you know punk history is written by the victors sort of thing that you know and then i would say you know start going and listening gravity records you know like i can't believe gravity records and some of that other stuff was like not far behind all this stuff you know like like it's also compressed now it feels like it at the time probably felt so spread out you know but like like west coast punk history is it's wild you know and and hyper diverse and and the sort of simplification of what West Coast weirdos were and how insularly separated they all yeah. felt by the time I was sort of really digging into all this stuff. They were, you know, you weren't seeing KRS bands at a pop punk show, you know, like, like unless it was specifically that Bratmobile-esque, you know, sort of twee, right. you know, self-aware pop punk, you know, that was allowed, but that was about it, you know? Um, yeah. No. no. I, I hope this is, yeah. like reads well for anybody out there. By the way, I, know, I we're, like we're, honestly, we're like... this kind of this this episode kind of got me bummed <laughs> a little bit. So that's uh, just my own fault for picking the song and thinking about my like, yeah, just that connection of the here's this weird one off thing because I'm. I've been in that situation and I would have been so excited. It's like, oh my god! Not only do we get to put out a record with fucking. I mean, it's a song, whatever. But with Tim and Matt, like, fucking uptones are on there. And it's like Op Ivy. And it's, you know, it's like, and and you kind of, and, you know, and I wonder too, like, did they know, like, was it like, here's the song? Or it was like, oh, we have this thing. Do you want to hear, like, should we, can we send you that? Because I'm just imagining if it was the latter where it was like, you know, you knew beforehand what was they were sending. And you would get so oh, amped yeah. and so pumped. And because, again, <laughs> and I've been there. Trying to convince oh, you yes. it's awesome. It's like, no, it's good. It's, I mean, it's like the Simpsons, Homer's ham. Like, it's just a little wet. Just a little wet. Just a little wet. It's gone. I know. And, you know, and you can't. And it's. I mean, on a compilation, it's one thing. It's like, yeah, just fucking stick it on there. Like, yeah, I'm, the, yeah. I, I'm the dumbass who, like, oh, let me just drop a couple grand on this, putting this thing out on vinyl and do it really yeah, nice. Tell and, me about it. and then everyone's like, eh. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to I'm it. Just, I'm just going to wait for their next solo record. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, this episode got too real. So Too real. Uh,. It's good. I don't have much else to say. So what fun. we're talking about, though, I, know. I feel like People, it's so yeah. inside baseball of both our experiences. I know. Uh, um, apologies, everybody. Also, by the way, uh, the one thing we didn't really talk about, like, did people freak out about the Op Ivy reunion element, and like, was Jesse bummed about this, or even like aware, like, like that's yeah, the whole that's, angle? yeah. I don't a good know question. anything about. Okay. Again, yeah, oral history of Shaken '69. That's it'd be a yeah, lot more interesting than the like song. A whole, a whole thing you could write just about like using this as a like there's probably somebody much smarter than me could write like a really nice like summation of the 90s as like 95 t- turning on the fact that this song appears on this 
comp and there's like pre this comp and post this comp yeah wow, somebody really uh, hey somebody take that idea and do a big think piece because that's i think i think we just <laughs> figured found something yeah i wish i felt like i had the time <laughs> Uh, not Brad. Somebody with a Brad's budget. Not allowed to write. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless somebody other wants uh, to pay me to do it, then hey, I'm oh, yeah, yeah, there you person. go. But yeah. Bandcamp, pay Brad to do it. Uh, kill rock stars, put this back up on Bandcamp. Oh god, I bet the like nightmare of oh. trying to unravel the rights for this again. <laughs> Though I did say, I did notice on the discogs that it does say that everybody holds their own masters for this, so it is. Um, I don't know. Anyways. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, this is a weird, uh, you know, this is a weird one. Okay. What do we got? You said you got a you got something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got um so in real time, uh yesterday Burn, the episode Burn came out and um and we got a voicemail from secret third member Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna listen to it and he had very similar thoughts, but maybe even better well said, more well said than we did. Uh, all right, I haven't, I'm gonna listen because I haven't listened to this yet. So here we go. Hey guys, this is Glenn from Kansas City with a thought about Burn. I agree, it's a very '90s sounding song, and part of that to me is actually the sound of the snare drum. It's uh, a very high pitched, ringy, almost piccolo snare sound, and it sounds like the snares are almost turned off. Uh, so you don't have that buzzy snare sound, but rather just sort of a pinging high-pitched sound. That's a sound I really associate with 90s music in all sorts of genres, from uh, Rancid to Fugazi to the Boss Tones to Pearl Jam. And also, uh, it's a very new metal sounding uh, drum sound. Bands like Korn and Limp Bizkit have that. And even some pop music in the late 90s. Um, that's built around drum loops has that similar, a uh, very forward ringing snare pitch. I don't know if this resonates with you guys, but when I hear the song, that that's that's what I hear. Keep up the great work. See you in the pit. Interesting. So, I, <clears throat> go ahead. No, I just it never even occurred to me like that it like the snares off or whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, that was the one thing that we didn't really hit. Like he he definitely is hitting a lot of the same stuff as us, and like we had talked about the DC and like. He's 100% right. That's probably where, like, 99% of, like, my association with it lands with, like, it feels very Fugazi and yes. like, the DC sound. Um, and I've heard from other people that, like, the trick of new Metal, and especially Limp Bizkit, was they were taking Fugazi and DC sound and, like, adding the new Metal thing to it. And that's, like, hmm. what the Fu... That's, like, the Limp Bizkit trick was that they were, like, kind of... And very famously they went around covering waiting room and were thinking about recording it. And like, it was this huge thing, you know, he was threatening to try to record it and um, everybody was super up in arms about it back in the day. Um, so like, there's obviously a big influence there. Um, but huh. yeah, like, uh, like, I think it's interesting that I, I, I'm going to really listen for the, the Brett 
being so snare centric from now on but like yes man does burn like going back to that you know i listened to be like how much did we say that and i think we've said some of this stuff but like he he says it very very well and like identifies that yeah it's almost like he's playing it like a really snappy i don't know it wouldn't be a tom but just like a really snappy like like yeah um you know cracking drum that that doesn't have the snare turn on you know and so uh yeah that that must that must be that must be the trick it must be the trick it must be so written into my brain of like (laughs) how many punk bands you know and post-hardcore bands use that as the thing and like i love listening to like um like greg fox does a lot of stuff with like you know um uh yeah yeah a lot of stuff with snares and like tune snares and stuff and like one of my favorite things is like how he plays like on on guardian alien and certain other bands you know and liturgy and stuff and i still think like the me even noticing that probably comes from the way i've noticed it on fugazi records and things like that so like this is something that obviously is like important to me even as a very lay person in terms of understanding drums and drum sounds so uh again i think one of the things we'll talk about is that like well they're not brett is like a phenomenal traditional technical drummer i think his feel is so amazing and i think how he yes. kind of plays that pogo beat where he's just cracking on the snare and using that as the anchor there's so much expressiveness to it you know what i mean yes yeah um, absolutely i i yeah i the one of the things that i've really taken away from doing this podcast is that brett was a much more important cog in the machine that i realized um yeah at least to like the things that i really love about rancid and it's i you know never gave him his proper due but this is giving me a whole new appreciation for what what he act, like really brought to the band so um yeah and the, just Glenn, like how you know i think people act like drummers are interchangeable sorry to cut you off there but like no i think yeah it's it's such a good example like brandon isn't a bad drummer he's not a bad guy even i just think that like one of the ultimate examples from when i was a teenager Mm -hmm. was jimmy chamberlain and smashing pump like you can't have Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. peak smashing pumpkins without jimmy chamberlain like he was the most talented fucking person in the band (laughs) and but it was like he like a good drummer or not i mean i don't want to good that's like putting a value judgment on it like a drummer can fits yeah i mean it can just it can bring so much you know it can bring so much to a a band or a project or talking about fugazi i mean jesus christ that rhythm section like my god like it'd be a completely different band like a hundred percent you know what i mean like and like yeah like it just when certain people play with another drummer you feel it and sometimes you don't even know why you feel it you're like what yes. does this feel so different and it's like oh they're just not playing with that same drummer you right know? and even it happens with like the most experimental drummers of all time it happens with the really fucking straightforward bands you know like yeah. it's like this idea that all drummers are session drummers you know it's like uh, it's not really true man like especially in a band that writes its own music and is is sort of has a style like mm-hmm. like this band like yeah so uh Again, I'm I'm, I'm the, the one of the things I'm like. If you want a list of things I'm excited about with the next Rancid record, it's like it feels like they're finally writing two branded strengths. And so, like, what would a heavy record from Rancid sound like with a metal drummer versus a 
breath. You know what I mean? Like it just I think maybe we that's might good, find maybe that's bad. Yeah, but it's like at least it's like they're they're listing. It's like it's like self scouting. It's like oh wait a minute, we don't have Brett. You know what I mean? Like we can't right. just write the Brett songs anymore. You know what I mean? So, anyways, but yeah, thanks, Glenn. Um, yeah. Always uh, bringing the heat as you know, always. <laughs> And I have to uh, uh, buy Glenn a beer sometime. Where I, I don't think we're you know anywhere near him, but oh, I'm only four day. hours away. Kansas City's not oh, that far go. from me. That's true. Um, I don't know. I haven't what been I'm there. Hot, I haven't been there in a hot minute, but I, fuck, I love Kansas City. That's like a Kansas City is a great city. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, all right. What what are we doing? What's the pick for next week? All right. Uh, a week ago, I, or a couple weeks ago, I was saying, you know, offering a choice, and I think I'll oh, go with yeah. the other choice, which was I don't remember what um, the choice was, but yeah, <laughs> it was it was uh, do you want something kind of comfort food off of Life on Weight or comfort food oh, off yeah. of uh, uh, Troublemaker? Trouble, so yeah, uh, let's go back to Life on Weight and um, let's do new dress. Oh, all right, good. A week of listening to Life Won't Wait. That's <laughs> there's worse weeks worse weeks there are worse awesome all right everybody thanks for listening uh you can find us in a lot of places notably on patreon we started a patreon patreon.com the 11th hour podcast uh you can holler at us on twitter and instagram at rancid pod send us a voicemail leave us a review send us a message i don't know or Ignore us entirely. It's your call. Uh, but until next week, we will see you in the I feel like I was on drugs that whole time. I feel like I was, was too. No, I feel like I was too. Like,